0: My name is David. For those of you that uh, don't know me, and I have the uh, honor and privilege of bringing the message to you this morning. Our uh, senior pastors and their family are away on a well-deserved vacation, so um, we are um, we're glad to have a leadership team in place that can take over and allow them to go and do. Uh, those things that bring life and health to the family and balance out work and all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, others got pressed into service. Marianna's back there helping with PowerPoint. and um, Joy drove in two hours this morning uh, unex- after an unexpected um, situation came up to where there was no vocalist this morning. But um, we do what we must. And um, which kind of ties into what I'm going to be talking about this morning. We uh, have been in a series for a while on uh, the book of Colossians. And we're going to take something akin to a break from that. Although there is going to be some reference back to Colossians and even to uh, Mariana's message last week and the message from Wayne the, the week before. Um, uh, so, um, but it's as much as anything, a standalone lesson, uh, think of it as a Selah, okay, from our series. And what we to be talking about is, uh, from a biblical perspective of how to make better decisions or making better decisions. And so I want to start out, just kind of throw a question out there and we'd, we'd like to do you know, audience participation. I mean, we're—it's all—it's the team. It, y'all are part of the team. What are some decisions, big and small, that need to be made from time to time, periodically? Anybody, anything? Okay. Where's what's for lunch? I do. I have that question about four times a day. What else? Where to go to school? Okay, that's a good question. What do I do when I grow up? (laughs) Assuming we do grow. Do we have to grow up? What was that, Don? Okay. (laughs) Okay. So that's a good that's a good cross section of things. I mean, so, you see, there's a variety of things that we have to do. Uh, some once every year or two or three. Once uh, Some once a lifetime, ideally, supposedly, supposed to be anyway. Um, and some that we make on a daily basis or um, more often. Um, how many of you figured out that, you know, God spends or spent, I guess, a lot of time wooing us. For those of us that have um, received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, spent a lot of time wooing us and loving on us and trying to draw us into him, into um, relationship with him. But then after that, it's like he plays hide and seek. It's like okay God, what's up with this well he um it's um it's a it's one of the coolest things actually about being a Christian is that we can actually um know what's coming or do uh, make the best choices in light of you know the information that we have and that kind of thing so um I want to start with an example of a very poor decision. Um, y'all heard things called, when things go wrong, the euphemisms called a train wreck. Familiar with that? Nod, please, if, <laughs> if you heard that. Okay. Um, there are figurative train wrecks and there are literal train wrecks. And, um, Oh, back up. I'm sorry. My bad. On the uh, the idea of God playing hide and seek, there is a verse in Proverbs that says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. And so it's quite biblical to play hide and seek with God. I think I am. Um... you'll have to bear with me because <laughs> I had to totally um start from start over from scratch at about eight o'clock last night. So um, I want to read. I don't know if you all have ever seen this magazine before. It's called Wired. It's really an excellent magazine. It's well written, and it covers a variety of of, of topics, and uh, doesn't seem to have any kind of political bias at all, to speak of. In uh, this issue, it talks about the crash at Crush. So you think Lindsay Lohan is off the rails? She's got nothing on this train wreck. Do we have though? There we go. Okay. We tune into a reality TV show or a celebrity press conference to watch the train wreck. But more than a century ago, there was a heavily promoted media event that invited people to witness an actual train wreck. Okay, just bad, just bad choice. We're just right up front. I mean, just listening to this, okay? Um,. William George Crush staged the publicity stunt for his employer, the Missouri-Kansas-Texas Railroad. Two 30-ton locomotives, each traveling 45 miles an hour, were to collide at a predetermined spot. Some 40,000 people shelled out $2 apiece. Remember, this is in 1896, so $2 was a lot of money. And trekked to the barren Texas prairie, to witness the monster crash they'd seen advertised. The looky-loos got more than they bargained for. The trains met with such force that their boilers exploded, sending shrapnel hundreds of feet into the air and the crowd. Three spectators were killed and several injured. A photographer covering the event lost an eye. And so that you understand it's not limited to just the person that put on the show that made a bad decision. People were hurt when they tried to snatch scalding hot shards of metal as souvenirs. Bad decision. anybody in here ever played hide and seek for real oh come on hands thank you <laughs> how about uh had easter egg hunts what's what's the fun in hide and seek what's the fun in easter egg hunt finding somebody or finding the eggs now, if the eggs are hidden so well that that the kid, well, especially if for little kids, you know, you put them up here, they can't see them or whatever, you know, it's like, how much fun is that, you know, for the kids? It might be fun for, you know, some teenager that's trying to tease them or whatever, but that's transitory at best. Uh, you know, if you're playing hide and seek, if you never find anybody, what's the fun in that? Okay? And that's exactly the way God feels okay, is on these um, concealed matters. He wants us to search these things out. And lest you think that you're not qualified as a king, want to uh, remind you or um, inform you, as the case may be, from 1 Peter 2, verse 9, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Note the word royal, okay? So we are kings and priests, even you ladies, okay? You're kings, okay? A people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And guess where the treasures are hidden? By Take a guess. The person's name starts with a J. Yay! Very good. Okay, Colossians uh, two three. That's our you know we're uh, it's our Colossians reference. Uh, states that in Jesus lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Okay. So now we know where to go to to find what we need to know. Where do you think we should start? I'm sorry, say it a little louder. Okay, very good. Um, A little more basic. Where do we start? That's very good. That's a little more basic. How about we start at the beginning? Okay. Okay. Uh, anybody, can anybody say what the beginning of knowledge might be? Exactly. Okay. Uh, Proverbs tells us uh, in several places, and it's other places as well. Uh, this from the uh, Amplified Version of Proverbs 9, verse 10. The reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord is the beginning, the chief and choice part of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight and understanding. So we start by having a healthy fear of the Lord. And... um, that word can really be uh, probably most or best um, understood as to be in awe of the Lord, okay? And what happens, unfortunately, is that in our day-to-day lives, it's real easy for us to lose that aspect of God you know especially if you've been a Christian for a while and you you know you're used to conversing with him and that kind of thing it's 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 easy to get so familiar with God that we forget some of his aspects and so one of the things that we need to do is to maintain a uh, an awe of the lord and um Mark Twain had something interesting about this to say, uh, this concept, not that he was using it in this uh, application necessarily, but says, we have not the reverent feeling for the rainbow that the savage has because we know how it is made. We have lost as much as we gained by prying into that matter. How many of you have a computer? Okay. One of the selling features, for some strange reason, I don't think it may not be that prominent anymore, but at one time it was very prominent, it would list how many colors it would have. And it's like doubled and tripled and quadrupled over the years or whatever, but it's like thousands of colors. And then I think now it's millions of colors well when you actually consider the rainbow if you look at it break it down into the smallest part which you cannot actually get to do you ever you think you can get somewhere if you go half at a time you know if you got ten feet to go and you go five feet then you go half again you got two and a half feet and go half again you're a foot and a quarter now we can we we don't have we can't get that small but you can never get to zero it's impossible okay that's the way the rainbow is because the differences between the colors we can't discern them with our eyes but they're there and so there are an infinite number of colors in a rainbow and so next time you turn on your computer or you see an advertisement for how many colors a computer has, or something like that. Just tell them, nah, 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 you're not as good as a rainbow. Albert Einstein, while never uh, really a professing Christian so much, um, I don't think, um, he has been purported to have been. Um, all kinds of non-Christian things, atheists, et cetera, et cetera. But if you really study the man and what he says and what he said, um, he was really a very religious man and very aware of God. Now he didn't do with it what you know we might recommend that he have done with that information, but he said this. So the important thing is to not stop questioning. Curiosity has its own reason for existing. One cannot help but be in awe when contemplating the mysteries of eternity, of life, of the marvelous structure of reality. It is enough if one tries merely to comprehend a little of the mystery every day. The important thing is to not stop questioning. Never lose a holy curiosity. Okay, so while we're uh, in this hide and seek phase here, um, let's see some other things about about seeking. I think someone said this earlier, um, Matthew six thirty three, which. We had our series on the Sermon on the Mount not too long ago, so hopefully this will be fresh in some of your minds. But um, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will will be added unto you. This has been uh, one of my favorite verses to pray back to God, and I will share with you how I do that. I want everything that God has for me, not from a, um, a gre- I'm not being greedy about it. Um, I want to be fully equipped to do everything he wants me to do. And so um, I need to have whatever he wants me to have. But my no matter how big I think, there's no way I can think as big as God it's not possible. Okay. And so the way I pray pray this verse is I will say, Lord, I seek your I seek you, I seek your face, I seek your righteousness. Lord, and you add unto me what you choose to add unto me. And I will receive it. And leave it at that. That way I'm not limiting it and but I have, in, in the realm of decisions, I had to make a decision that I was willing to accept whatever it was that he had. Thankfully, so far, over the last 12 years or so, that's all been good stuff. Um, the best of which is probably my relationship with the beautiful lady back in the book, booth. <laughs> she's in the book a lot of times, but she's also back in the booth back there. So... Um, Proverbs three, from uh, verses five to six, says trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will direct your paths. So there we see um, seeking. Now, now comes the uh, the God side of things, in terms of of the hide and seek. Now we're doing the seeking, and we're let's see how what we find and how we find it. Uh, it's actually simpler than you might think. Um, before I go on, let me I want to mention one thing. Um, some of this is going to sound very basic, and that's okay um, because. We need to be steeped in the basic things over and over and over and over so that we get them. And, and the example that I keep coming back to is um, we might have a lot of people in from out of town. I don't know how many is Spurs fans. Handy? Any Spurs fans? Anybody watch Spurs? Boy, there's no Spurs fans in here. Any other basketball fans? Any other teams? Yes, no. Come on, gang. Work with me here. (laughs) Okay. Well, even if you're not, you can imagine. I'm going to use your imagination here. Um, The Spurs have three of the best players in the entire NBA. Uh, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Monty Ginobili, and the rest of the guys. They get paid millions of dollars to do what they do. All right? you'd think they'd be able to do it without any problem. How long have they been playing this game? In some cases, I don't think Tim started actually until he was like in college or just before college, but most most of the guys started playing when they were this high. You know? And strangely enough, the court is the same size whether you're in fifth grade or you're a five year NBA vet and the basket is at the same height. Same deal right? Okay. So why do you do you think we see during timeouts Coach Popovich going make the extra pass look for the open man guard your guy you're not guarding your man. I mean, just certain basic things over and over and over and over and over. I mean, I could coach the Spurs, I feel like, sometimes. Because when they show these, you know, when they they, they have the mic on them during, the, during these timeouts, he says the same things. I could make a note of those same things, just say those same things. They just need to be reminded. So if these guys that have just I mean, that's their life. They need to be reminded of the basic things. How much more do we need to be reminded of basic things? Hey James, one five. Um, if you need wisdom, if you want to know what God wants you to do, does anybody know? Want to know what God wants them to do? Yes, good. That's, that's... ask Him, and He'll gladly tell you. He will not resent your asking, although there are times you have to keep on asking. Um, you keep on asking, you'll be given what you ask for. Keep on looking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open for everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks finds and the door is open to everyone who knocks. Okay, now let's continue on into the process of of uh, how this works. The the we have someone if you, those of us that have, again, have this caveat of accepted Christ as our Savior and have been also been baptized, then we have someone to partner with. Uh, in the Greek it's the word paraclete, or which is helper. Um, it's translated as the Holy Spirit. And we actually receive the Holy Spirit when we get baptized. Acts two thirty eight, you know, Peter's. This is when Peter has his great um, first preaching, and uh, as part of this, he says, "Each of you must turn from your sins and turn to God, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit." And then there are some other descriptions of of the Spirit and what he does. Um, from First Corinthians 12:13, and what I 'm trying to do is knit together some verses that will uh, lead to a, uh, a unified uh, process here. First Corinthians 12:13, Paul writes, "Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free, but we have all been baptized into christ 's body by one spirit." And we have all received the same spirit. That's important, and we'll touch on that some more in a minute. Some of this might be a little dry, and I apologize. But hopefully, uh, once we work through some of this, it'll be a little more exciting or interesting anyway. 1 John 2 says, You have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you, so you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you all things, and what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. So continue in what he has taught you, and continue to live in Christ. 1 Corinthians 2. We know these things because God has revealed them to us by his Spirit. And his Spirit searches out everything and shows us even God's deep secrets. And then John, again, uh, when... The Spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truth. And this is a verse that um, I like to pray on a regular basis as well. And it's very simple to just uh, turn it back to God and say, Lord, your word promises that the Holy Spirit will lead me into all truth. And I need to know the truth of this situation. Would you please guide me into the truth in this? In Jesus' name. John sixteen thirteen says, "When the Spirit of Truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not be presenting his own ideas. He will be telling you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Anybody want to know anything about your future? Well, it can it can happen. And what I'm trying to show you here, uh, to I guess maybe even convince you, is that God." Wants us to know what his plan is for us. Jeremiah 33 3, and this is a New King James version, says, Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. What would be a great and mighty thing that we might not know? Some of those major things we mentioned earlier, like going to school what school to go to, whether to go to school, uh, what job to take, what to major in, uh, who you should marry, a lot of those things. And then in the New Living uh, translations, ask me and I will tell you some remarkable secrets about what is going to happen here. And so again, we see God speaking um, out things that, are unknown, but can be known if we're just willing to pursue them. Daniel 2, God reveals deep and mysterious things and knows what lies hidden in darkness, though he himself is surrounded by light. Okay, so hopefully by now you uh, would agree that God wants us to. He's trying, he wants to reveal, and he is revealing. He is speaking to us all the time. Uh, The Holy Spirit is in uh, those of us who have received Christ and have been baptized, and he's speaking to us, and he's trying his best to lead us into all truth. Sometimes we resist him. Uh, Sometimes our bodies or our wills or emotions uh, think they know what's best for us uh, and try to contradict what... Or often do contradict what the Spirit is wanting to do, wanting us to do. Okay, now in the uh, as long as we're talking about mysterious things, one of the one of the Christians' um, best kept secrets as far as the weapons that we have available to us, and it's one. That Satan fights tooth and nail because he knows how powerful it is, and that is the gift of speaking in tongues. Okay, I know there's a lot of, of different ideas about that. The different churches have different ideas, and there's but um, we go by the word of God here, and we believe the fullness of the word of God. Okay correctly interpreted in its proper context and so um, paul writes again in 1 corinthians this is 14 uh, verse 2 this is one who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men but to god for no one understands or catches his meaning because in the holy spirit he utters secret truths and hidden things not obvious to the understanding so we can see that when we're praying in our prayer language is a is another way that we refer to it. Um, we are praying out the mysteries that are on God's heart at that time. Now again, we can ask. I mean, there's there's times where Lord, I need to know what to do in a certain situation, and you know I need to know, and so Lord, I'm just going to yield my self to you. I'm going to yield my tongue to you and I want to pray in my prayer language and I'm asking you to uh, help me pray what needs to be prayed out over this situation. And, and then also I will pray for interpretation. And goes on to, well, actually, hold on. Yeah, a bit later in 1 Corinthians 14, um, Paul mentions or declares a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally in the Lord. And goes on to talk about someone that's, that gives a word of prophecy strengthens the church. and um, And that's awesome. Uh, as well, and but as far as being strengthened personally, what I want to help you understand uh, with that is, you know, how many times have you heard uh, or even prayed a prayer like, "Oh God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Can you help me? Help me do what I need to do?" Or, "Oh woe is me," those kinds of things. You know, this is a question. God, what do I do? What do I need to do? And it can come with a variety of emotions attached to it and that kind of thing. Um, but when we pray in tongues, we're actually praying the answer. And so that's why we, uh, as we pray, we get built up or we get edified, is another word for that, Um because we're not praying the question and coming from a place of anxiety or fear or whatever. We're coming from a place of confidence and we're actually praying out the answer. Okay. Uh, next, kind of category here, I want to talk about... Um, about being submitted. And I think we're gonna touch on this later on in the Colossians material. But from a decision-making standpoint, what I'm advocating, to use one of Randy's favorite terms, is that you be submitted to someone that you are willing to receive coaching, direction, and correction from and this is biblical as well Ephesians five eighteen says don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life of course that's a whole other sermon instead let the Holy Spirit fill and control you then you will do some things sing spiritual songs and it goes on to say further you will submit to one another out of reverence for Christ and then Hebrews thirteen seventeen. This is one of the leaders' favorite verses from the leader from the leader's standpoint. Is obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. For that would be of no advantage to you. So it's scriptural for us to be submitted to each other as well as to someone in authority. And it's not a matter of convenience that we have moved to a community group model for our church. It's a place where the ministry happens. And you know, we can do some ministry here on Sunday mornings, but there's only so much we can do. To go in-depth, to to know others, and to be known, and to have people speak truth into your life, uh, that happens in the community groups, okay? So, if you are, if you haven't connected with a community group yet, I highly encourage you to do that, and I'll touch on another aspect of that here in a second. Okay, probably the last category here of uh, things that help support our decision-making is to get confirmation of um, what you believe the Lord is trying to tell you. Okay? And the scriptures say facts of every case must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Okay? We, in, um, key to that is the statement in 1 Corinthians 13 is, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. And so, you know, we we need each other for a variety of reasons. I know for a fact that we need each other. We need someone, at least, because where does it always itch the most? Right in the middle of your back where you can't reach it? Where, you know, where you need someone else to help you out? Okay? Okay. Um, But when we come together, when we meet, uh, we each bring our part. And so when we add the parts together, then together we can know more of what the Lord's plan is. And that works on an individual level. It works on a small group level. It works on a church level. Uh, That's how we work as a board is um, we each have a piece of the plan when we come together. And we don't move forward unless there's... uh, Unanimous decision on something, Uh, because there are times where we have to seek further. But a lot of times, I mean, there's just, uh, I mean, instantly everybody, one way or another, testifies that, yeah, this is it, this is right, this is true, this is, you know, this is the Lord. Um, And that's one where you can get these uh, other people to help help you, and is in the community groups um uh, because we can't hear perfectly you know if we were you know we strive to be like Jesus but none of us are and none of us ever will we can get more and more and more like him but we'll never be all the way done so there's always we need to always allow room for ourselves to be wrong okay and so Marianne and I, we will not do anything that's even remotely considered uh, not major but important unless, unless there's confirmation. And there's a lot of times where we can confirm uh, it for each other. Uh, but for bigger things, we don't rely on just the two of us. We will get... Donna and Juan, or we'll get the McKay's, or we'll get Randy and Claire, or we'll get you know, Martha, Cindy, any of a variety of people to uh, to pray for us and to weigh in on you know what they're hearing from the Lord. Um uh, Proverbs fifteen twenty two says, Plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many counselors bring success. Okay, and the more important the decision, the more important confirmation becomes. And you can be sure that God will confirm his word. Remember earlier uh, the verse that says that we all receive the same spirit, the one spirit? Okay. If two people are giving you opposite advice at least one of them is not hearing from God, potentially both, okay? Now, uh, on the surface, but the thing is, is that, you know, God's ways are higher than ours and and deeper as well. And so we have to allow for what's uh, probably best termed uh, called multi-dimensional. okay, in that a word or something that's given can be interpreted a variety of ways. And so, you know, our mind will think of some things. Our soul might come up with some things. We want what our spirit's getting from the Holy Spirit, okay? And um, sometimes on the surface, what seems opposite, when you get the interpretation of it, then it might be more alike than you thought on the surface, okay? And, again, that's why we need each other, so that we have um, people that we can get this uh, confirmation from and then we can bounce uh, ideas off of. Okay, so let me sum this part up by... um, just saying that you can know what to do. You I mean, stay in awe of the Lord. So remember how much bigger he is than than we are, than any of our troubles could be, than uh, anything that could ever come against us. Spend time with him, developing a relationship, and worshiping, reading the Bible, praying, listening. Pray in the Spirit on a regular basis. Be submitted to someone from whom you are willing to receive coaching and get confirmation. And I have some final thoughts that I want to share. Um, need to be aware of what we refer to around here as good things versus God things. Okay? How many of you were here for the ministry Sunday? I see one hand. I know more than that. I know y'all were here. Cause y'all were one of the ministries. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For those of you that weren't, we had uh, somewhere around six to eight different ministries come in and talk about what they do. We had a representative from uh, Daily Bread Ministries was represented we have uh, Kevin and Cindy who are going to uh, have a they have a heart for India and are putting a team together to go to India. We gave a presentation. We had a team that was going to Costa Rica, I believe, give a. Uh, well, we had a military ministry representative, and there was um, a lady that. Um, her ministry was ministering to uh, former, uh, the Holy, yeah Holocaust survivors, which we actually we actually uh, have started to partner with. Um, but if if you were here, it would be, and, and I know this happened with people that were here that probably aren't here today to say, yeah, that was me. Is that as each one presented? Ooh, I want to do that. Ooh, I could get involved in that. Ooh, I want to go to India. I want to go to Costa Rica, too. You know, and then I could volunteer on Daily Bread on every Saturday or whatever. Okay. All of these things, all of these ministries, by themselves, in and of themselves, are all good things. The thing to determine is what's the God thing? What is God doing for you? What is God trying to say to you? Because maybe none of those were something that someone should participate in. But maybe one particular hopefully one particular thing just you know really pricks someone's interest. Um, and is by the way, um I don't is it too late to join your team to go to India if you have a yeah. Okay. They'll probably still take money, if you. Yeah, there's, and there'll be more next year, so keep that in mind. But um, you know, the 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 thing to to understand is what is God doing? What is you know? Jesus said, "I only do what I see the Father doing." Okay, and so we have to get past the emotion of the moment the um you know just the mercy heart of a christian i mean i know the hearts were broken just hearing every single thing and that's just being a christian and that's fine too that doesn't say you have to do everything (laughs) you know you you're just um identifying with the need and empathizing with the need but the um the need is not the call; the call is the call. Um, a good example from the Bible uh, of that is where uh, King David had planned on building the temple, and he got he started getting material together for it, but then he was stopped, and. Um, on the day and his son Solomon, actually went on to build the temple. And this is something that Solomon said at the dedication of the temple. It says, My father David wanted to build this temple to honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord told him, It is right for you to want to build a temple to honor my name, but you are not the one to do it. One of your sons will build it instead. And so. There was a there was an example of a good thing, but for David it wasn't a God thing. Okay. Okay. A word about fleeces. Fleeces are legitimate tools in seeking the Lord, but um, and this is in a way as probably as much my own opinion as anything, but. Th- they're pretty rare in the bible we have the story of gideon and his actually double fleeces Um, and i didn't realize it until i just read it this week Um, the story where uh, abraham's servant goes out to find a wife for uh, isaac he sets out specific requirements Say god if this you know, let whoever's supposed to be Isaac's wife come out and say to me, I will feed I will feed and water your camels. And that's exactly what Rebecca, I think her name was, did. She came over and she said, I will feed and water your camels. Now bear in mind, these are thirsty camels and there was probably there about 30 of them. That's a lot of water, okay, that had to be, Drawn and carried <laughs> okay, so it wasn't just a casual thing of you know here have some have some water I mean this is this was a, a long it took a lot of work and okay fear keeps us from doing a lot of things courage is not the lack of fear but it's feeling the fear and doing it anyway and one of my favorite quotes is. From Mark Twain, who says, the cat, having sat upon a hot stove lid, will not sit on a hot stove lid again. But he will never sit on a cold one either. Let's let that sink in. Y'all are bright people. Y'all can figure that out. A um, gentleman by the name of Wynn Borden, who was a state senator and a writer, said, "If you wait to do everything until you're sure it's right, you'll probably never do much of anything." Um, He's an actor. So we can uh, we can try to avoid making choices by doing nothing, but even that is a decision. Uh, Robert H. Schuller uh, wrote this. Um, Never cut a tree down in the winter time. Never make a negative decision in low time. Never make your most important decisions when you are in your worst moods. Wait. Be patient. The storm will pass and the spring will come. Okay, in decision making, it's... Ready, aim, fire. It's not ready, fire, aim. It's not fire. And it's not ready, 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 ready. Okay? At some point, we have to do something. And just one mention a last couple things here that um, others have written. This was uh, John Milton, uh, his author, I believe. said, so I can hardly recollect a single plan of mine of which I have not since seen reason to be satisfied that had it taken place in season and circumstance just as I proposed, it would, humanly speaking, have proved my ruin or at least it would have deprived me of the greater good the Lord had designed for me. We judge of things by their present appearances, but the Lord sees them in their consequences. If we could do so likewise, we should be perfectly of his mind. But as we cannot, it is an unspeakable mercy that he will manage for us, whether we are pleased with his management or not. And then Philip Yancey writes in the book Disappointment with God, When yearning for a miraculous resolution to a problem, do we make our loyalty to God contingent on whether he reveals himself yet again? If we insist on visible proofs from God, we may well prepare the way for a permanent state of disappointment true faith does not so much attempt to manipulate God to do our will as it does to position us to do His will. So I'm going to ask our uh, prayer folks to come up, the community group leaders and such, uh, those of you that are trained in uh, prayer, if you would, uh, come up and be available. Um, I think there's, in general, there's there's always needs. Uh, if you have anything that you have need for, we want to pray with you, uh, pray for you. Anything specific to the lesson today, you know, we want to especially... Um, address that because that's probably what the father's doing okay Um, if you need if you have a decision looming over you and you need uh, support help guidance we want to pray with you about that Um, if you have not made the decision to receive the lord as your savior that would be a good decision to make today. Today is a good time. To, is, today is a good day to do that. If you want to be baptized and make sure that you've received the gift of the Holy Spirit, next Sunday would be a great opportunity to do that as well. Um, and um, just any anything else that might have come to you during the message if you have questions for me, I'd be glad to talk to you. Um, I love you all and appreciate you all being here. It's a great crowd on a, on a holiday Sunday. And go in peace and serve the Lord and make better decisions.